Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Books Are Chic. I am so thrilled to have this author with me. I was just mentioning before, she's been on my list of somebody I've been dying to chat with, and I've admired her for so long. She's a USA Today bestselling author. Her debut novel, Woman on the Edge, was a starred review in Publishers Weekly. And we are here today to celebrate her upcoming thriller, Watch Out for Her, which I finished last night and was literally speeding through the end to get to figure out what the conclusion was. It is Sam Bailey. Welcome, Sam. Hi, Courtney. Thank you so much and for saying that about Watch Out For Her. It's the best thing I can hear. It was. Like I told you before, I felt like it was an elite. This is the only way I can think about it. And I was processing this as I was reading. An elite lifetime movie that would end up being like a cult classic lifetime movie if that makes sense like I have lifetime movies that I'm like I will stop and watch it or like they used to have like movies of the week type movies you know what I mean yeah oh I would I would love for it to be oh I'd love for it to be you know on screen yeah in any way but lifetime I love lifetime so it's a huge compliment for me well I texted a friend and I was like stalker babysitter that's all I put and she was like oh perfect like perfect sold that's all I need to know so thank so you you're Canadian based right you're in Canada now yeah so I'm in Toronto okay fine and how has everything been over there oh gosh um well thank goodness today it's finally it's sunny it's getting warmer this feels like it's been the longest darkest winter to be really? honest you know I think in the first two lockdowns, we were, we've been on pretty strict lockdowns, school closures, one after the other. I have two kids. My son is almost 15 and my daughter's uh, almost 12. And so they've had uh, quite a few lockdowns. We've been in this house all cramped together <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> um, and I would say that the third lockdown, I don't even remember when it started or ended, but the yeah. third lockdown I think for me personally was the toughest. That was the toughest because I thought maybe we'd be able to stay in school and things would be able to stay open and it would be okay. And it's, for me, it's safety first. So safety first, yeah. whatever needs to be done, we will deal, we will pivot, we will you know, just do what we have to do. But I, I think you know every time things seem to be getting better and then they don't, it's such a, a roller coaster that I think everybody here has been feeling the same. You know, all my friends here are feeling the same mm -hmm. about it. Um, the sunshine makes a huge difference that we can uh, be outdoors. Yes. Makes a huge totally. difference. Where, where are you located? Where I'm in Massachusetts. Okay. And so same, like we've had a couple of these really nice warm days recently. And I'm just like, I need this weather to stick because like it is making all the difference, especially like you said, for the kids, like to get outside, burn that energy. Like yeah. they have been inside for so long. So yes. yeah, yeah. And all of us, we've been stuck inside. Yeah. Yes. Being able to go out. I can't wait for patio weather and yes. you know, yes, just, just to feel alive outside. Mm -hmm. It will change everything. Things here have actually started to get not great again cases are rising and I know so many Same. people who've gotten sick recently so many Ugh. one after the other after the other most most seem okay some have been hit quite hard um but I think again once it's warmer and we feel better just um waking up in the morning and knowing 
that the sun's going to come out, it, it makes such a difference. So it totally does. And hope, 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 <laughs> hope. That's what we have. Hope and yeah. books, hope and books and like fun. That's all, that's all <laughs> we need. Okay. And I'm dying to like, cause I was reading on your website that if you aren't writing, you're reading. So I can't wait to hear what you love or what you've read, but give us a little background of like how you got here, like how you got to Women on the Edge, like what was your sort of author journey? <laughs> this is going to take all our time. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to tell you in a nutshell, but I am by no means an overnight success. I am the furthest thing from an overnight success. I will be 49 years old at the end of May, and that will be exactly 20 years since I wrote my very first novel. So I was 20 nine years old when I wrote my very first novel. I've been writing since I was 10 years old, but my very first full-length novel, I was 29 years old. And uh, I used to write edgy rom-coms back in the day uh, of Chicklet. <laughs> Chicklet. Yes. Yes, I, I, however, so I, very quickly, I actually was very lucky. I signed with an agent. Mm -hmm. uh, this is my first agent. I now have another agent, but I signed with my first agent and, um, I thought all my dreams were coming true. And I say this all the time, but I had imagined, you know, going to New York City and I was going to be Carrie Bradshaw and, you know, I was going to wear six inch stilettos and it was all, it was all going to come true. Yeah. And then I was resoundingly rejected by all um, editors on my first and my second book. So my agents at the time and I, we amicably parted ways and I then thought, okay, what am I going to do? I'm never going to give up writing. There's no way. It's like breathing to me. Yeah. Um, it's not happening quickly. But then I wrote, I think, two more books. And I tried to find another agent, I think for the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> no one wanted those books no, there. <laughs> and, and where are they? Things, like, where do they live? Oh, those, those are in like a drawer. <laughs> I, I, I believe there are no wasted words. So while I'll, I'll never try totally. to publish them because I don't, mm -hmm. they're just, they're, they're just, they're just not. Um, but they brought me to where I eventually got to. And as I was writing them, my, my work became darker. I was starting to write darker women's fiction, <laughs> darker women's fiction. And I kept going. And then suddenly I was standing on a subway platform one day and I saw a woman holding her baby and she was, you know, just close to the edge because we don't have any uh, barriers here. Yeah. And the platforms are very narrow. And um, instantly the idea for Woman on the Edge came to me and, and, that, and that was it. And so I went home and I wrote the book and I signed with my amazing agent and she changed my life. And then she sold it to um, countries around the world and to Simon & Schuster Canada. And it was all so surreal because I'd worked so hard and for so long yeah. that I, I, to this day, I can't, I can't actually believe anything that's happened has happened. Um, but it's, it's proof if you don't give up and you just keep going that dreams can come true. And so I, and that was it. I, I um, was able to, you know, write full time. I have very simple pleasures. It's not like I'm a millionaire, but, but I'm <laughs> able to write full time and, and then writing, watch out for her. You know, then I just like, I got to have the career I've always wanted. 
I mean, well, that's a gift to, I'm so glad that it worked out that way. It's a full gift to us. And uh-huh. I, I have to say you, so woman on the edge, like I, you saying that you were standing in a subway and it came to you, like what an idea, like I, and I've ridden the subway bazillions of times I commuted for the longest time and I just never would have thought of something like that but I'm like that totally could happen like that like even though that would be like far-fetched like that could happen like which is so insane and it was people love that book and it Mm. was you know totally so I mean people need to read that book and I'm not going to spoil or say anything but just read it (laughs) and you'll be like oh yeah that can totally happen um how long did it take for you to write Women on the Edge (laughs) uh from like concept to to the day it hit shelves was six years Mm -hmm. wow yeah it was six years so it took probably about a year to write the first draft and then my agents and I spent the next three and a half years working on it, revising it, reworking it. And it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, I was there three and a half years of, of rewriting. It was just, you know, I would give it to my agent and then she'd need some mm-hmm. time to read it over. Right. I'd take some time back and then we'd go back and forth on it. But we both knew that this was going to be the book that would get me, if if this book didn't get me where, where I wanted <laughs> to be, just simply because of the, the premise, because I knew it was one of those ideas that, I couldn't have looked for it. I couldn't have looked for the idea. I I don't think any of my ideas, I don't think I can look for them. I I just need to wait until they hit me. They just need to to hit me out of, out of nowhere. Then I go from there. Um, And we really, really reworked it to get it into the best shape possible because what scared me more than anything was to go on submission again to editors and everybody says no. Because that can happen. Right. It's such a it's such it, it's such a um, a difficult market. Publishing is a very difficult business, mm-hmm. and absolutely incredible writers, you know, um, get get passed over. And so you just you never know. You just never right. know, and it's so subjective. So uh, we did everything we could to get it into the best shape possible. And thank goodness, um, I was lucky enough to get to get offers and deals and and, and to yes. see it on shelves. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And now watch out for her is equally as amazing. How did you, okay. So, and watch out for her is definitely not edgy rom-com, which you started. (laughs) I think it's so funny that you started off with that, but again, like that served a purpose for you and, and it made you just keep moving forward. And, and where do you fall sort of in what genre, but how did you sort of, I mean, the idea for one on the edge is very dark, but was it just the idea that sort of threw you into this genre or like, were you like, are you a huge fan? I'm sure you are a huge fan, but like, how did you sort of fall, fall into this? So such a good question. Growing up, I have always been fascinated by the psychology of people. So I'm fascinated by psychology. I'm fascinated by the messy, complicated, complex, dark sides um, of people. And I have been devouring mysteries and thrillers since I could read. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, growing up, I, I love I loved them. Mm-hmm. Um, loved figuring out where the story was going. I loved really twisted stories. So that was always part of me. Always, always loved it. 
And when I wrote Woman on the Edge, uh, it was actually a very dark women's fiction. And I, I always wanted to write thrillers and mysteries, but I was scared. Not that any genre is easy, but to me, it felt like the structure and the plotting of a mystery thriller suspense seemed quite daunting. And so I was scared to do it. And my agent said to me, I think this should be a thriller. And essentially she taught me how. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I read, you know, I obviously I've been reading thrillers. And so I learned, learned, and I learned how to plot and structure a thriller. And um, it was the best decision I ever made was to do something that scared me the most and to take the biggest risk mm-hmm. and just, and just go for it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, lucky us, because you, if you had read, if you had read that or watch out for her, you would think that you have like a backlist of 30 thrillers. And like, because I told, (laughs) I said that it takes a lot to throw a really good twist in. I feel a twist that's unpredictable that if you're like an avid reader or an avid thriller reader, I feel like you're, you know, one chapter in and you're like, all right, I need to figure out, I'm going to try to figure this out. And it's, I think a hard job, um, to be able to do that to people with like five pages left. And you're like, wait a second. I thought I had this whole thing figured out. And you're like, oh no, no, we're going to reverse here for a second. I think that that, like you do that so well. Um, oh, I thank you. That means so much to me because it is extremely, extremely hard. Yeah. Um, as I was saying before to you, before we started recording is for me, when I do a twist, I don't, I was saying, I I don't necessarily, I'm not looking to trick my reader, but to surprise my reader. Mm -hmm. And so that is a very, very intricate process. And I worked very, very hard in this book. And I also wrote it entirely through the pandemic with my two kids at home. And so the whole process of writing this book was quite challenging, quite difficult, cathartic. So to hear you say that, you know, either you didn't see it coming or it surprised you or it shocked you or, you know, when you got to those last few pages, it, it, it threw you, all, all of that is everything any thriller author ever, ever wants to hear. So really, thank you. Oh my gosh, I enjoyed reading it so much. So, okay, so we're here for Watch Out For Her. I'm not going to try to give any spoilers away, but like (laughs) stalker, babysitter, nanny cam, gambling, stepsister, like these are all the words. I feel like if people haven't read it, they'll hear those words and hopefully be like sold I'm in. But where did this idea come from? So this one became a lightning bolt idea, but after speaking a lot with my editor and my Mm -hmm. agents about what would my next book be. The pressure of following up a uh, USA Today and number one um, national bestselling book is, uh, I have to say, a lot. It is a lot. I I didn't want to disappoint anyone. I didn't want to disappoint myself. I wanted to make sure that I was being true to my voice and my, my writing and to my readers who are so incredibly supportive. I, I'm, I'm just, my readers are the best, the best. So just the process of trying to find an idea that to me meant something to me that I connected to, that I felt I could just throw my 
whole self and soul into. So, you know, thinking of ideas, throwing out ideas, and it was even like, it was before the pandemic. Um, I am an admittedly overprotective mother, <laughs> like Sarah. I'm getting a lot better, especially now that my kids are older. And I, yeah. I hide a lot of my fears from them. Instead, I put them into my books uh, because I don't <laughs> want to make them nervous. Of course. I'm nervous. Um, I'm also, I'm, I'm anxious, 100%. Um, I have a lot of anxiety in all my books because that for me is almost synonymous with motherhood. And so I definitely, I wanted to do a few things. I wanted to do something about the fact that we never really know who is watching our children when we can't watch them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, see, this is anxiety provoking. <laughs> yes, yes. Because, and and I am not, somebody who would ever use nanny cams and I'm not Same. a voyeur I'm a people watcher but Sarah is a voyeur and Sarah um, my main character she's also a photographer and she um, you know is yes quite nervous about who is looking after her child also because she's been a stay-at-home mother her entire um, life has revolved around her six-year-old almost seven-year-old son Jacob. Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing I wanted to look at. And then I also wanted to look at identity and our identity as women, mm -hmm. separate from our identity as mothers. And I think that to me was always so interesting because I have been writing for as long as I can remember. And so even when I had my children and I was you know, home with my children and then I became a work at home mother as a freelance editor, I always had writing, so I always had my own separate self. And then as I was starting to write the story, then the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. Pandemic hit. And all of a sudden, my entire sense of self, apart from my kids, just it disappeared. Mm -hmm. It disappeared because my main focus was to keep my kids healthy mm -hmm. and as mentally and physically happy as and healthy and happy as possible. And uh, I work in a little, um, in my kitchen with uh, a desk pushed up against a wall. So I don't even have, I don't have an office space. I don't have a door. I don't have anything that closes. And so everyone was here all the time. And, and I lost all sense of space and time for myself. And so I definitely wanted to explore that as well. You know, where do we end and begin as women when we're, when we're mothers? And what, and, and what that does to us. And so I wanted to explore that. And I also, um, <laughs> so, you know, I like, I, I, I do not, my, my character, yes, yeah, she is, she is a voyeur, uh, not for sexual pleasure, but more to kind of figure out who she is by watching other people, mm -hmm. sometimes through their windows. Um, her camera. camera now you know sometimes you know when you walk at night do you, do you walk do you ever take walks at night? do you have a dog or do you ever take walks at night when it's dark yeah and I I don't know maybe everyone does this or it's just thriller authors or it might just be me <laughs> but you know when you walk past people's houses if, if the lights are on and it's dark out and the and the curtains are on, you can see in yeah <laughs> people's houses so do you do you look in Yes. I mean, I've looked, in, I feel like, and people have looked in before and this is literally like my husband's like, 
worst like he's always like pull the thing I'm like no one's looking in like we live so far up the street I'm like no one's looking in but then in my head I'm like yeah but I think that that's like a natural you just look over at any like light or if someone's in their drive what like no I don't know maybe yeah, I'll fall yes. under the cat I'll just fall under the category that you fall under because I just feel yes. like that's a natural I mean I'll be it we're not looking with like a camera but no 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 yeah no not with really the camera and like I'm, sarah I'm, yes like sarah but I, and i'm more i'm actually looking at the decor i like to see how people yes of course um but there's a house near me and it's in an area that it's quite a wealthy neighborhood that uh, it's not my neighborhood but it's one like a few a few neighborhoods over and it's all windows and it's all windows. And, and I'm, I was first, I'm fascinated by anyone who doesn't have anything covering their windows. Like it's yeah, all windows. Same. And there's so much you can see inside. And so there's, it's just all of that, the idea of people watching and who's watching our children and who's watching out for us. Um, and are we watching out for ourselves? And so it was all of those ideas together that then hit me with the lightning bolts of the idea of um, the hidden cameras. The hidden cameras. The hidden well, cameras. it's so interesting that you, that yes, yeah, Sarah is a voyeur and like, but I almost feel like you don't really get that until like later in the book. Like I didn't really pin her as that until like later. And then you're like, oh God, she's doing all these things. And, and so, and, and, and I think the focus, and like you said, that was something that you went to explore is like her anxiety and stress is so palpable on the page, like that you're like, oh my God, you want to scream into the book, like relax lady. Like, <laughs> but like, it's, she's just so wound tight and these things have happened to her and, and these other things are going on. And so, um, you totally got across what you wanted to explore with that. And, and being a mom too, you know, we, as things get back to normal and stuff, you do, you're, you're going to go out, you're going to need babysitters. And you always think of that, like who's coming into your house and you hope that off like referrals from friends, or if it's like, I mean, maybe not family, but like, you know, a teenager or whatever. I had plenty of like friends, you know, daughters of my mom's friends when we were growing up and stuff. And they were all fantastic, but I feel like times have changed so much and there is this level of like, okay, I, we're just going to hope that this is okay. And like, this person is, you know, a good person. Um, just because I feel like things have gotten so crazy over, you know, I don't know, the last like yeah. 20 years or so. Yeah. People... <laughs> I, I, am I, it's so funny. My doorbell rang right as you, right? <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. It's like, I knew that was going to happen. Um, I wish that I could be, in a lot of ways, the mother that my mother was when I was growing up and the mother she still is. Now, I'm, I'm Gen X. And so we were left um, to our own devices a lot, use our own imaginations. My, yes. my, my parents were completely, fully, 100% um, present and available in my life. But I was given so much freedom and I developed so many street smarts at that time. Um, and I'm not sure how much they worried. I don't think, I think, you know, I didn't have a phone. 
I was off until it was dark. Yes. And I, I wish that I had whatever, whatever my mother has inside her that made her say, okay, you'll be fine. Um, I don't, I don't have that. I'm getting better. I'm getting a lot better. Uh, the pandemic actually, I think helped in some ways because it was such an unexpected thing to happen that I had no control over. Yeah. That I think I finally realized in a lot of ways how much I can't control Mm -hmm. and trying to control the uncontrollable isn't, isn't, isn't good for me. Mm -hmm. So, and I think writing Sarah as a character too, um, who I love her. I love her because I understand her because I I feel for her. Um, And I think all of that made me realize, okay, I think that as anxious as we all are and as scary as it all is, it is maybe okay to take that step back and say, okay, you'll be you'll be fine. We've got to let you Mm -hmm. trust your instincts, let you develop Mm -hmm. your street smarts. It's such a, it's such a fine line. It's such a hard thing to do. Well, I'm to go back to what you were saying about your mom. Like it wasn't like it was today. Like I was born in the eighties and I was, you know, like a teenager and kid in the nineties. And like, I could walk from my house to my friend's house. It wasn't far, but it was far enough by myself. I didn't have a cell phone. I would stay out past, like, it was so dark and we would just listen for my mom to call and beg for five more minutes to stay out. (laughs) And there was no fear. And it's just not like that today because there, and, but I never was like afraid, you know what I mean? Like there was nothing that I was aware of in this world. And maybe it's the internet and social media and people know things. And like you said, you know, you can see things and do things, but like, it's just so different now. And like, if Chloe said to me, like at eight years old, I was like walking to my friend's house. Like, again, no way yeah. to contact somebody. If something yep. would happen from point A to point B, like just could be gone. Um, and I never was like, I'm scared to walk there. I'd be like, okay, like I'll call you when I get there. And like, my mom would pick me up. And now like, there's no way. I mean, if Chloe was like, I'm going to walk up the street and around the corner to my friend's house, I'd be like, uh, no, like, I don't think that that's a good idea just because like I said, times have just changed so much and and it is scary. Um, but like you said, you also don't want to like put them in a bubble And then Mm -hmm. they're 18 off in college and it's like, oh my gosh, this whole world exists. I don't know what to do. And it's like, they make the worst judgment call ever because they're just like, well, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's that's exactly how I feel. Exactly how I feel about, yeah, where do we, when do we let them go? Where do we let them go? Mm -hmm. How do we let them go? And I think you said something really interesting about social media. One of the problems with social media is that we put so much information online Mm-hmm. Is people know where we are. They know what we're doing. They know so much personal details about mm-hmm. us, about, about, you know, teenagers, about, so that does, that does change the game. So yeah. maybe it's more about kids learning and us learning how to be much safer online mm-hmm. than actually out there on the road, you know, walking around, um, so that we can maybe let them go the way we we could when when we, when we were younger. Yeah, I agree. I fully agree. Um, but I I I loved the character of Sarah, and honestly, I loved the character of Holly, even though oh, yeah. she 
And what I loved about Holly was, and again, this is your all you on your writing, you know, you take us on this journey with her where you're, you don't know where it's going and you think you have her figured out and then you absolutely don't. It's like you, you build, build, build us up and then you just knock it right down. And again, like that's so what you want in a thriller. Like you want to figure out, do you, is she the bad girl? Is she not the bad girl? I kind of like her. Am I, is this bad that I like her because of some of the choices she's made? Um, but I also loved the relationship between Sarah and Holly. I mean, I just loved that. Like, obviously Sarah was filling this void in Holly's life. Um, but that was such a strong relationship. And I just, I just loved reading it. And then the whole end. Oh, thank you. I really, again, um, I love to hear that. It means so much to me because their relationship, I, I cracked my soul open. It's the term I use a lot now that I cracked my soul open writing these characters. Um, and Holly to me, both of these women are looking for love, attention, connection, identity. And they, for a time, find that with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, these two women find something in each other that they're both missing. And I also wanted to look at perspective. When you're reading a thriller in real life, when you meet people, how somebody presents himself to you and how you see them, it's, it's about perspective. Mm-hmm. It's about your own experiences. It's about your own view of the world. Um, it's about your own wants and needs. So I wanted to put all of that into these characters and Holly's perspective of the world is really skewed because of Mm -hmm. her background and how she's grown up and who she is and her family. Um, She's somebody who wants to be her own person, separate from her family's expectations and and the obligations placed on her. And I think that's a very, very hard thing to do. Um, And so, and she's also a little, yes, you know, a bad girl. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And again, that's why I love these characters because like everybody, they are flawed and imperfect and real. And um, they're, they're, they're an unfinished story. Like, like we all are too. Yeah, no, I, I loved her. And I just, I, I loved this book so much now. And it moved from, it was coming out on the 19th and now it's the 26th. Uh, yes. So okay. there were so yeah, people print supply issues. So as so many, so many of us are dealing with, you know, again, pivot. <laughs> yeah. Pivot. pivot. Still can sell it. We can celebrate the heck out of this book. Oh yeah. Now, are you working on something new now? I am. Um, I'm working on, I, I can't say too much about it. It's right now it's okay. in the very beginning stages and it's that magical stage where while I work, you know, with my, my agent on it and it's, um, it belongs to me. Yeah. So, like right now it, it belongs only to me so I can make all the mistakes in it and I can kind of figure out the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a thriller and it is a, a, again, a very dark and twisted thriller. And it is about, I will say it is about. You could give us one word. If you want, if you don't want to give too much away. 
One word would be seeking. Seeking. So yeah, it is about people seeking something that they don't have and yet they yearn and crave for. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> that sounds like we need that ASAP. Um, okay. We are going to do Sam Bailey Chic Plus. I'm dying to know because like I said, you go to your website. It says if you're not writing, you're reading. So I can't wait to hear what you've loved. Um, and you can overshare. You can give us like a couple picks if you want. Um, okay. So first, what three celebrities, authors, figures, living or dead, would you want to have a book club with? Okay. So I have to say there are three authors who are celebrities because they're, they're famous, yeah. uh, but they're also my friends. And these three Ooh. women, yes, they are my, I'm so lucky. I get to know all these people. These three women, I have met not one of them in person. And it was an instant connection with all three of them. It was that, that amazing bond that happens in moments. So all of these women, yeah, I would love to, I would do anything with them, but a book, book club would be awesome. So the first but you've is, never met yeah, them. Not no one in of person. Them, in person, no, never. Okay. Oh, okay. Fine. Only one of them have I actually seen on the screen face to face. But is there like email, email incident? messages? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I need. Yeah. I needed like a. I needed. A oh foundation. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay. They're in my imagination. Yeah. No. Um. <laughs> You're like, they don't exist, they but don't they're exist. real. And I've never seen them, but we emailed. That's my next book. That's there my you go. That'll be my fourth book. That'll okay. be my fourth book. So the first is May Cobb. Oh, right? So good. Oh, May Cobb. So the author I'm of excited Hunting Lives in My Summer Dresses. May Cobb. Yes. First, she writes the most sizzling, steamiest, um, salacious books. They are so good. I can. I would just gobble them up constantly if I could, you know, just if I could sit in her house and just be cracking a whip and saying, right, May, right. Yeah. <laughs> Give me more. Give me more. She is also just the coolest, most down to earth, supportive, uh, genuine, amazing, amazing woman. Instantly. I don't know. How, I don't even know how we first met. It might have been in our debut 2020 group there's a debut 2020 group and so many of us became really close friends and because may and i you know we write thrillers we we just started talking so may may cog 100 percent uh lisa barr lisa oh. barr right yeah so yep. lisa barr the author of woman the new york times best-selling woman on fire optioned by sharon stone um i had read lisa's previous book and then i read i read uh, woman on fire and Lisa is incredible. She is. Lisa, yeah, she is a go-getter. She has a wicked sense of humor. Um, she is also so supportive. All these women are so supportive. I love talking to her. I love um, just, even her name makes me feel taken care of when I hear her. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I feel seen. I love um, she's wonderful. And then Rochelle Weinstein, mm -hmm. his next book is when we let go. If I'm getting, yes, I have it somewhere. Yes. Also who, uh, is Lisa Barr's, um, author, uh, Bessie. 
so same thing. We we just connected online, and she's lovely, and she's strong, and she's fierce, and um, all these women are just they just genuinely we uh, everyone just wants to genuinely support each other, just really cares about each other, wants the best for each other. So because there's so many other authors I would love, love, love to see again, but because I've never seen them in person. I love that. Okay. Well, you're going to have to plan like some epic, like meetup so that you yes. can actually meet them in person. <gasps> I love that. I love yeah. That may, group. may I'm hoping to see a thriller fest. If we can, if, as long as we can all get there, I, I'm really hoping to see my people. Yeah. Oh, good. I hope you guys get to meet. Okay. Current binge series. Um, Oh, I had it. And then the F about Kevin. Oh my gosh. What's the name of it? Oh yeah. Like, we don't give an F of, or something. We don't give uh, an F about Kevin. Yeah. Darn it. Oh, I had it. And I had it. And I, I keep wanting to say we need to talk about Kevin, but that's that amazing book by Lionel Shriver. So that's not what yes. I mean. Um, yes. Oh shoot. What is the name of it? Uh, it's with Annie Murphy from Schitt's Creek, which, which yes, I which, mean, as, as a Canadian, my goodness. I was going to say. Oh, and I actually met her. I met Annie Murphy in person um, <gasps> at a Toronto uh, restaurant a few summers ago. How was I, she? Oh, Kevin she, can F himself. Thank you. Oh, what is wrong with me? <laughs> I think I was so worried to say the F word, like to actually say the F word, yeah. but I forgot, kept forgetting the title. Um, Annie Murphy is, she's lovely. She is oh, lovely I on love the that. show. You can see what an incredible actress she is because the person, you know, Alexis, is such a different person than than Annie Murphy is when I met her. Of course, she is she's an actress, but uh, she was incredibly kind. And my friends are, were laughing at me because, you know, first I was like, "Do I say something? Do I not say something? Should I go up to her? Should I introduce myself?" They were like, yeah. "Go, go, go!" It was before Woman on the Edge came out, and I told her how much I loved her character arc <laughs> in Shit's Creek. And my friends are laughing and laughing, and they came up. And they said, I'm so sorry, but she's an author, which is why she's discussing your character arc. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, she's just really just gracious. And I didn't want to take up too much of her time. You know, she's out. She just wants to have a drink at a bar. She's at the restaurant. She doesn't, you know, need to be bothered. So she was lovely and just wonderful. And then the series finally came out on Amazon Prime in Canada just recently. And I I'm almost done. I'm so sad. I'm Wait, Shit's Creek? Okay. Okay. So not Schitt's Creek came out. Sorry. We had a technical glitch people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. No, Schitt's Creek came out here. Oh yeah. It came out here yeah. first. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say. Cause it's our show. No. Um, no, yeah, totally. Yeah. Kevin can have himself just came out on um, Amazon prime in Canada. Okay. Cause I've been waiting and waiting. And so I've been binging it. Uh, I'm on the last episode and, and I'm really sad cause I, I love it. It's so smart and I think did I ask have you, I didn't ask you yet have, did you see it have you seen it I haven't seen it yet I have it on my list to watch because I just loved her in Schitt's Creek and I hadn't seen her in anything before so I was like oh she's so good when you see this her her range is phenomenal it goes from a sitcom to a really really dark sad series and it switches back and forth and so the cameras switch back 
the lighting switches, but everything, everything. There's a laugh track in the sitcom. It is really clever. It's actually brilliant. It is a brilliant concept. And I think it's brilliantly executed. Um, I'm really, I'm amazed at the writers. I'm amazed at, at the creator. Yeah. And the acting, the acting superb. Uh, I highly, highly recommend it. Okay. I'm going to bump it up on my list. Then. <laughs> I'm excited. Okay. Last favorite book and current read. Okay. So my last favorite book and that this is hard. I read so much. Yeah. And I have the complete honor of being asked to blurb for other authors, which I still can't believe that people want my name on their books. Um, of course. And it's, that is the best ever when someone asks mm -hmm. me to blurb. Uh, such, it's such a joy. Uh, so one of the, the most amazing ones I read recently that I just, it's unforgettable. I can't stop thinking about it is Kismet uh, by Amina Akhtar. I've seen it, but I did, I haven't read it. Yeah, the cover is amazing. The story is amazing. Now I, I had read Fashion Victim, which is so wickedly dark and yes, funny. I remember that book. Takes place in the fashion world. Like it just, it just goes there in every single way. And I then met um, Amina at uh, Voucher Congo. I stalked her in the bathroom at VoucherCon. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I saw her and I wasn't sure if I should say something again, this is before my book came out. So nobody knew who I was. And I was like, say something. Finally, I was yeah. with, I was with Meredith Shore, who's, uh, also amazing rom-com as seen on TV. Comes out June yes. 7th. Yeah. You know, you know it. I do know the book and I'm dying to get my hands oh, on it. Cause so I want to read it. It's such a great like summer, like spring, summer. Love it. Um, I was with Meredith, who is my, who is my best. Uh, author friend and I was like, say something so she's like, go 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 so I went and I introduced myself and and uh, I was really excited and so Amina gave me an early copy of Kismet and it is so messed up okay in Ooh. the best <laughs> way ever okay Ooh, takes I love on the like wellness industry women oh it's just oh anyway it i highly recommend it i wish i think july might be the pub date i'm not okay. entirely sure but for anybody who's interested kismet yes okay and then is that what you're reading or what's your current no. read okay my current read is the swell by ali reynolds who wrote shiver yes i haven't read yes. that one either and that looks so great oh okay so shiver is fantastic ali and it's called the bay i think in the uk but shiver uh, the swell in in uh north america ali is fascinating herself ali a uh, competitive uh snowboarder and also uh a surfer i don't know what level of surfing but quite high so shiver is about snowboarding and it takes place uh you know in this remote uh lodge in the mountains and then the swell takes place in a remote surfing hole. I don't know what you call yeah. it, surfing area. Yeah. Um, and it, it's all about, it's all about surfing, but it's not all about surfing to the point where you're reading and you're not interested. It is all about the passion of surfing and the compulsion to surf, which to me resonates because that's how I feel about writing. It's the passion and the compulsion to write. Right. Um, and it is, really intriguing 
The setting is fantastic. Um, she, Ali excels at really transporting you and immersing you into the setting. And it's intriguing because you don't know who is bad and who is good. You have no idea. Love that. Yes. Love that. Okay. I'm adding both of those to my list. Excellent. Um, okay. You kind of did this before, but your, describe your writing space. Um, small, cramped, messy, uh, <laughs> no door. <laughs> no door. I have behind me, um, uh, uh, I have like a privacy screen. I have a yes. privacy screen to somewhat separate myself. Um, but, uh, sometimes the dog knocks it over. It is, I, I would love my own space. I think about getting like a writing shed in my backyard. And I, yes. Yeah. I would love to do it. It's just, both my kids, my son just got his braces off. My daughter just got hers on, you know, so. Well, you could do that. You should put on your bucket list. Do the shed yeah. because who was I speaking? I chatted with, oh, Rhea Fry. She has a shed in her backyard yeah. and, and there were pictures and I was like, oh my God, a little writing shed. Like, yeah, this is so cute. We're it is definitely, I, I, if depending on how watch out for her does, you know, what happens. Oh, we're going to. We're going to get know. Sam a shed. <laughs> hashtag, a shed. <laughs> hashtag get Sam a shed. We're going to oh. sell the heck out of Watch Out oh of God. Her. And it's, we're selling the rights to Lifetime. We're making it happen. <laughs> Let's do it. We're doing I'm, it. I'm a big believer in putting things out into the universe. and, and Same. And, right? So, so we can go, manifest so. this. We I will make this happen. It. And then in whenever the next book comes out, you'll be like, I'm actually live from my shed. And I'll be like, well, <laughs> obviously, because we knew that was going to oh. happen. You know, um, I, I almost vibrated with excitement when you said live from my shed. Okay, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, it's happening. Um, okay, name something chic. So for me, chic is an attitude and not how mm-hmm. somebody looks. It is not about um, appearance. Mm-hmm. To me, it is about kindness. I think is being is is what chic is chic to me means yeah chic to me means that somebody is kind supportive um just loves people I mean to me it seems so simple I don't understand why it's not simple just to love people let people love just um be accepting and kind and supportive and celebrate other people for who they are and and I yeah that's that's what chic is that's the ultimate chic for sure. Um, do you have a favorite book that you gift? Um, no, <laughs> I find I um, don't often give books as gifts. Interesting. I think I think I like. I think it's because I will recommend. I recommend books all the time. I'll recommend mm-hmm. books. I feel like books are, while I want people to gift my books to other people personally, it's such a personal, one of my favorite things is to go to the bookstore and to touch the, the books and to see what, what calls to me. Same. The whole experience to me. Yes. Yeah. So I would maybe go with someone and buy them a book of their yes. choice. Um, and I'll recommend a book, but no, I don't, I don't often give. Well, I like that. It is a very personal thing. And I do agree. I love the experience. And to be honest, I don't think I have one. It's more like in the moment for me. Like if somebody was like, 
what books, you know, I would say yours. I just read it. I adored it. I loved it. Like I would, you know, so I think it's like an in the moment, what are you feeling type thing? So you have a really nice bookshelf. People who are listening can't see it, but you have an amazing bookshelf behind you. Thank you. That was a COVID project. It didn't look like that. (laughs) Well, it's, um, it's unbelievable. I've, I Thank you. How many books are there? I have so many books. Yeah. And like I've read a lot. I just have a lot. I have like multiple copies of books that I love. Like, I don't know. Once you're like in the book world, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to, you just got to be in it to understand. Books oh, are like, you know, words they're just never like, spoken. I don't even need to be doing anything. And I just feel at peace sitting with books. They're, they're yeah. the most, they're just a faithful friend. Like they're yeah. always there for you. Yeah. whatever mood you're in. And, and I just love that about books. So yeah, the best escape. 1000%, the best support therapy, all the things. Yeah. Um, okay. If you could have one song as the theme song of your life, what would it be and why? Uh, it would be, you can do it by ice cube. Oh my God. I love <laughs> that song. And I have not had that response before which I love. <laughs> I, it's, it's motivating. I find, I just, every time I hear that song, I just want to go after things. I just want to get them. Like I, I just want to dance yes. and move. It fills me with fire. So um, oh my gosh. me, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. That was so unexpected. I love that. <laughs> um, all I'm thinking of is, do you remember that movie where they do the routine to so you can do it. Um, no. um, save the last dance. Did you ever see that movie? If oh I'm thinking, I hope like, I'm thinking of the right song. Like you can do it. Put your into yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think do it, I yeah. probably saw it thirty years ago. That's the routine that she like breaks out in the club. And I remember I saw that movie. I've seen that movie so many times, and I was like, this song is so. I mean, I liked it before, but it brought like a new level for that song to me. Yes, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have. You to need now to rewatch. Rewatch. Yes. Now that's on my list, so I'm gonna. Okay. I have a list too. Okay. Good. Um, what's your must-have beauty item? Um, I have three. Okay. <laughs> so con- concealer, a hundred percent. I I wake up at four or five a.m. to write. If if I don't have concealer, you could hide small children in the bag under my eyes. Um, <laughs> uh, mascara. Yeah. Because I, I as a pale blonde, I, I need I need mascara and uh, lipstick. I love my lipstick. <laughs> I know you have a great yeah. shade on now. Thank you. I, I have a thing for lipstick. I actually think it might be a problem. Um, it's and, never a problem. And it, well, it's funny because, so my daughter and I go shopping a lot for like makeup and just fun stuff. And she always tries to stop me from buying the same shade. I seem to buy something like lipsticks constantly. She's like, you have that exact color. You have that exact color. Like, but it's not this one. <laughs> It's maybe the same color, but it's not this yeah. one. Yeah, I need to break out of the mold a bit, but yeah, lipstick. Yeah, okay. I like those. Those are three very, very crucial staples. Um, and speaking of lipstick, that was a good segue. If you could name just one lipstick after a book, what would you call it? And what shade would it be? Uh, okay, now after a book, um, I actually didn't, you meant a book in existence? Yeah. And it doesn't, it could be your book. It could be a book you've read, whatever you want, a character in a book. Okay. So unfortunately, you know, it kept coming to me. What? It's not, it's not a book. It's a band. And I just couldn't. Oh, like, that's uh, fine. 
All right. Yeah. I'm, start so, this, I'm sorry. Yeah, start this, start this journey for us. <laughs> start that we can start incorporating band book. Whatever. Okay. I'm sorry. <sighs> um, I've been listening to some music lately too. Uh, Twisted Sister. Oh, I like that. And what shade? <laughs> uh, hot pink. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love that. Totally love that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I was a book. I, yeah. Or we I could do say, we could do Kismet by Emma Actor. There you go. To add to that, Kismet and it'd be like crazy. Ooh, I like that. I need to read this book now. <laughs> um, okay, and last, best advice you've ever received. I've received so much amazing advice, and I'm very lucky to have um, friends who've been in this business so much longer than me. But it, I think the most the advice that has helped me the most is from my agent. My agent mm-hmm. is Jenny Bent of the Bent Agency. And she is, she's absolutely uh, outstanding. And uh, she once said to me years ago, before the book had even Woman on the Edge had gone out on submission before any of this had happened. Mm-hmm. She said, whether it's your first book or your seventh, it never gets easier. Yeah. And it calmed me. And it changed my perspective of everything. Mm-hmm. I always, before that, I wanted everything fast, fast, fast. I wanted it once, once the ball had started rolling, I wanted the ball to, you know, um, just go careening uh, because everything I saw online and on social media was that's how it happened. Right. You know, right. So um, I, I fell into the same trap that we all fall into where we see on social media, oh my God, you, you, you get a deal within 24 hours and it's done and it's, you're, you get a million dollars. Um, yes. So uh, it stopped me and it did a whole variety of things to me. What it did was make me realize this is my journey and nobody else's. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing, what anybody else is getting. It doesn't matter at all. It is all about me and my path and my path took 20 years. So my path has never taken the expected route, probably will never take the expected route. Um, and that's fine because that's just my, my own journey. Um, it taught me to develop a very thick skin mm-hmm. that um, I have to understand that this is an art, this is a business, this is all of those things. And I, I'd better toughen up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it taught me to take everything as much as I can in publishing one step at a time. Yeah. One step at a time. My, my goalpost keeps changing. I've been very lucky to achieve things. I, I, only in my wildest dreams did I ever think would happen. Um, and my goalposts keep changing, but I, I tried very hard just to go one step at, at mm-hmm. a time. Yeah. I was just the last author chat that I did. I was just talking um, and I was saying for me, like being able to talk, it's never going to be old because, and you could talk to a bazillion authors because every single author's journey is different. So like, however many authors exist in this universe, there's that many writing and publishing journeys that exist. It's not like you know, you can group a certain amount of people in this. You can, it's so personal. It's so unique to every single author. And that's why it's so fun to be able to to chat with you all because, you know, we're just looking at this final 
book, your final, you know, your passion project, we get, we're so lucky to get that final project, but what goes into it and, and who you are as the author are just, you know, as important as what the final, what the final book is. And so that is so amazing. And I think for a reader, it's important to hear that, but also for anybody who's thinking about writing that like, you can see so much things on social media or assume that, you know, this is how it is, but it's not. And like, you guys work so hard. And one of the reasons Mm -hmm. why I wanted, I started Zooming at the beginning of the the pandemic, which I was like, I've never Zoomed before. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing (laughs) is because (laughs) I felt like things were still happening in the world. Like, yes, it quote shut down, but like books were still coming out. Like you guys were still working. Like these things still needed to be celebrated. Like we were searching for books as a way to escape. I didn't want to turn on the news, but I was like, I need to get on and just do something to be able to support you know, these books coming out and they, they should be supported and shouted from the rooftops and celebrated, but you know, it's, it's your whole story and your whole journey that gets us there. And that's so important. So. Well, we so couldn't great. do it without you. Right. <laughs> but no, it's true. I think something the pandemic did. I mean, there was always so much support books to grammars and bloggers and podcasts and all these things. But I think uh, I've also, I've said this before, I don't want to repeat myself, but one of the best things about the pandemic um, has how has been how much we've all come together to help each other yes um and to be there for each other and to celebrate each other's work and and to give everybody a platform and yeah. to give everyone a space to talk about the thing we all love the most yes besides our families and our friends are you know, all those things <laughs> but books for people who love books it is it is um well it's a friend it's a family member it's it's all of those things and so mm-hmm that we now all work together to, to help each other. And, and, you know, yes, without writers, you would have nothing to read, but without podcasts and bookstagrammers and, and uh, influencers and TikTokers. Without all of that, then we also wouldn't have careers. (laughs) Right. Right. No, I mean, it's, it goes hand in hand and it is such an amazing community. And I agree. It totally elevated people rallied very quickly. Um, and, and so, you know, I will continue to celebrate books and I, everyone has to get watch out for her. It is so, so good. And it'll be out on April 26th for everybody to grab. And honestly, it's been such a pleasure. Like you what I thought of you excel like to the nth degree. I mean, Aww, you're just so you. fun to chat with and I'm so happy for all your success and we will be going live from the shed. I can picture it in my head. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call it. I'm going to come up now with my own series live from the shed. Although maybe, maybe somebody else has probably already done that. No, I've never heard of that. I mean, not that <laughs> I've heard of everything, but you know what? Sam Bailey live from the shed. It'll be your thing. You can chat with authors. <laughs> Churn out great books. It'll be a whole thing. But thank you so much for chatting with me. It's been so fun. Thank you so much, Courtney, for having me on this great show. I've been watching this podcast for a long time. So I was hoping you'd ask me to join you. So thank you oh my gosh. for inviting me. I'm really, I, I appreciate it very much. Oh my gosh. I'm totally honored. And thank you everyone for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode of Books Are Chic.